Okay, excellent. Let's begin. Um, this is an interview with Bobby Blitz by Nick Perkel for the Aquarian Weekly on July 7th, 2014. Now, Bobby, you recently quit smoking. Think about how What Devil Armory was recorded compared to the Electric Age. How much of a greater vocal range have you noticed since you quit smoking when it comes to recording albums as well as performing at concerts? Well, you know, I, I gave up uh, Tobacco Leaf in uh, 2012, the end of, and you immediately feel a difference. Almost, uh, I'm not going to say instantaneously, but within weeks you're starting to notice a difference. And obviously I started noticing this difference in my live performance because we had some other tours to do to finish uh, for the Electric Age. So what happened was as, as time passes, uh, lung capacity grew. And, you know, what was always normal for me was now the past. And it almost felt like I grew a new lung in there. So I think that what ended up happening is when I started writing my parts for White Devil Armory, oh, approximately a year into uh, stopping smoking cigarettes or, or eight months to a year, then I noticed that I was writing in my head with, I can hit that note. I can hit that note. So I think that the biggest difference was, was physical. And through physical, you know, kind of turned it into whatever my, uh, call my art, whether it's screaming or singing. It's, um, it just gave me much more capacity and, and uh, let's say, a, a more confidence with regard to going into the game. Excellent. Now, you did music videos for The Armorist and Bitty, Bitter Pill, both shot in factories. Like, how long did the shooting take? And did you guys actually do live performances for those songs? Yeah, we did shoot two videos, um, and uh, the songs you mentioned, and we did them in Patterson, New Jersey, and it was a it was a factory from uh, geez the late 1800s that looked like it was multi-purpose, whether it be storage and manufacturing, both. Uh, they looked like there was at one time looms in there. Um, we did one in daylight uh, with the light coming through the windows, and the idea was to try to look as if the daylight was controlled by the director. So I think that came out really well. That's the video for Armorist, which is full performance. What we did after that was went kind of into the bowels of a, a separate section of the complex that was the walls were actually carved out of the bedrock in Patterson, New Jersey. Uh, if anybody knows this area, it's it's kind of hilly and uh, mountainous. It's a city that's built a around and into the hills, uh, that area of New Jersey. So the walls were actually these hills. We did the second performance in there, but the second one for Bitter Pill will be storyline and performance. The confidence we had going in was that we worked with Kevin Custer, and we've had prior experience with Kevin. He's he understands the band, and, and one of the things I like so much about him is that he's not a time waster, and he's also a musician. So when a guy is a musician and he also has the, the director's eye and the editing eye, you know, he's doing the cuts right along with the beat of the song, and it, which I've always felt very important. So when he thought he could do two in one day and we knew it was going to be Custer, we said this could work with, uh, let's say, his confidence to, uh, in, the, in the locations and our confidence in him. Now, can you tell me about the evolution of the song Where There's Smoke from a working demo to the final product and if there were any major changes that happened along the way? You know, uh, where there's smoke. What I did with this song on my end of things was I just I found a thread uh, through the original track Armorist, and and wrote uh, a, a bunch of short stories about it. It's not necessarily a concept record, but maybe to some degree a concept in my head. 
So when this song first came about, um, I had heard it and I had put it to the side. And what the guys had done is morphed it into something that became more powerful, uh, more, let's say, the, the order of the day being the, the classic thrash that Overkill approaches. Um, so it, from my first listen to the listen when I actually sat down and completed my uh, part of the song, it had morphed a little bit into a more aggressive tune. So it had that feeling as if it had grown to me because I, I listened to it uh, uh, with maybe six or eight weeks difference in between. So what it ended up turning into me was, uh, was being one of the more straightforward, let's say, melt-your-face type of uh, approaches that we have. There's a, there's a real eclectic value on this record, but this one is all the way to, let's say, far right when it comes to, let's say, that thrash metal approach. As the vocalist, how much input did you have with the arrangements on crafting the songs on this album? You know, I when it comes to that, they don't they, they don't like they don't like hanging out with vocalists. These guys, they just <laughs> <laughs> they consider us second class citizens. But the you know, it's um, I do have I do have input, but in most in most cases, don't use it unless it's a part I really want to get into the song. And I think when it came to White Devil Armory, it was only a part in, I think it was in the arrangement in the center of Bitter Pill where I changed it, and the arrangement in the center of uh, a song called Freedom Rings. And this was with regard to time. I, I, I wanted one extended, um, and I wanted one uh, shortened. Uh, with you know, just with regard to what I had written for it, one felt too long when it was uh, when I sang over it. One felt much shorter. So this were my only inputs. Now actually, they will let me have my two cents when it comes to this. But I I really think that the relationship between Dee Dee and Dave and Ron, uh, when these arrangements are happening, the demos are kind of coming to life, and then from the demos we're you know we're moving into album tracks. That these guys pretty much have a line on it and keep me. Um, keep me uh, abreast of any changes that go along. Can you tell me the process that you went through or that you're going to go through to pick out the general set list for uh, your upcoming tour dates in, uh, I guess, August as well as September? Holy smoke. I mean, this is like, you know, this is like throwing darts. We're going to put 17 records up there and see where the darts land on on the backs of the albums. I mean, it's... uh, you know what interests me when it comes to a set list is the new songs because you know some of these old songs I, I've probably performed in a live situation uh, seventy five hundred times. I mean, if they're from the first record, we're somewhere between seventy five hundred and eight thousand shows at this point in our career. So you start counting rehearsal, you're over ten thousand times performing a song. So when you get something that's new, uh, White Devil Armory, uh, Armor's Pig, uh, Bitter Pill, Where There's Smoke, these are the songs that interest the band more because there's something that's brand new, and there's something when it's brand new feels like a risk and feels a little bit more exciting. So we lean a little bit toward our later material. But then what we do is we pepper it with some of, let's say, our classics, and then try to throw in, because of so many records and so many songs, something obscure. You know, save two or three slots for something that would not normally be heard um, at a live overkill performance. So it, 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 the order is new, classic, obscure. You think maybe you'd get into something like, say, The Answer? I don't think or that's that a possibility, but that's, a, that's, a, that's a, as about as obscure as you can get. <laughs> that's, okay. That's a, 
You know what we did do though? We we went to uh, we did a festival in Germany, and they'd asked us to do something different. And they wanted us to play an entire record from our early days. And we said we'd rather not. We don't want to start falling into that. But they said, how about things from your demo tape, Power and Black? And we did uh, a song called Death Rider and a song called The Beast Within, which actually predate the answer. So, and this was only uh, uh, two summers ago in uh, Gelsenkirk in Germany. I've heard in interviews you've done recently, you bring around a Tascam 8-track recorder and use it after you live shows record vocals. What song or two from White Devil Armory did you find you recorded the most, and why was that? Well, uh, I finished the song Pig uh, on the road. Um, I finished the song Armorist on the road. I had started the song Where There's Smoke on the road. I'm trying to think. There was another one I worked on a lot. It wasn't Bitter Pill. Maybe a little bit of Freedom Rings uh, on the road. Now, the, the the idea for me is that there's plenty of time when you're on the road. I mean, you know, you want to know why guys and bands get in trouble. It's because of the – it's not when you're playing the show. It's the other, you know, it's the other 22 and a half hours a day. And there's, so there's plenty of time. So, you know, my thinking is is that this has always affected me, you know, drug-like, uh, high-energy kind of stuff. And it takes me forever to come down after the show. So what I would do is I would I'd crack a beer afterwards. We'd talk a little. Maybe I'd throw on a hockey game or, or watch the NHL channel and then slowly start start settling down into that where I'm not two feet off the ground, but I'm actually sitting in a chair. And I'd move right into uh, the back lounge and just start recording some ideas I had. What happens for me is that the live energy from whatever the show we just finished with kind of leaks into that writing or into that uh, presentation. So I think that it, it becomes a, it's become a new little trick of mine to, let's say, not have to feign the energy when writing it, but to actually feel like, hey, I just performed something very similar to this live or something with this kind of a vibe. So then it just kind of transfers itself right into the recording. Now, you have a new album coming out July 22nd. For you as a musician, what is a more intense feeling for you, before the album is officially released or afterwards? Oh, it's before. It's anticipation. It's you know, it's it's Christmas morning. You know, it's how many more days do I have to sleep until Christmas, Mom? You know, I mean, that's really that's really the kind of feeling with this. I mean, this is you know, it's nothing that we've ever taken for granted. I suppose that's just something that's one of our principles that we not only enjoy doing this, there's an excitement that is around this for us. Now, obviously time has passed and you think that those sharp edges would be dulled, but they're obviously not when you push play on, on white devil armory. So the idea is that all the excitement for the release, how's it going to be accepted really want to, you know, really want it to come out of the box hot. Now, does it lessen the record for me if it doesn't come out as hot? No, of course it doesn't lessen the feeling of the record. But the intensity is prior to it as opposed to right after it. Now, um, for you, after all these years performing, what is it like when you debut a brand new song at a concert that you have not performed live yet? Well, you know, it's always a little bit nervous, and that's kind of the, the you know, that's that risk element I think I mentioned earlier. It, you know, there was always a danger in doing that because you were, you know, you're exposed when you, when you do something like this, and especially if you do it right, you're exposed, and if you do it wrong, you're exposed, but each one to a different degree, one positively and one negatively. So I think that there's always that type of a feeling around a new song. You know, around uh, a come and get it or electric rattlesnake from the last record, 
um, an Iron Bound from two records ago. But now, for Armourist, for Pig, for Bitter Pill, for Where There's Smoke, there's going to be that feeling that you say, okay, I got to hang in, I got to hang in, I trust these guys, and they're saying the same thing about you. So I think that that's where you know the high comes from, or that or, or that interjection of energy is if that succeeds when you're exposed, that it's uh, uh, a really positive, awesome adrenaline rush. Now, after this American tour finishes in September, you're heading out to Europe for dates with Prong, Enforcer, and Darkology. What lies on the horizon afterwards for you guys? Well, you know, uh, Prong will do some of the U.S. shows with us too, which is going to be awesome. That'll be a great one-two punch. We've had Central America knock on the door. We're going to run down and do some stuff in Nicaragua and uh, I think Panama is a possibility. Uh, the South Americans will link that too. By now, we'll be into 2015. We've set aside uh, two periods of time for a second European and second American run. And from there, we're looking at the Pacific Rim again. Uh, we'd like to get the Australians on board, and that should bring us almost all the way to the end of the spring of 2015 which is the beginning of European, North American uh, uh, festival season. So the idea is to keep the White Devil Armory going past a year of what we're talking right now. So looking into uh, August, September of 2015. Okay, now, you got to do some guest vocals for Destruction from your appearances at Wacken, uh, which ended up on some live albums. What was uh, the most memorable about those experiences? Well, he, I, I think it was Schmier introducing me as the best singer in thrash metal. <laughs> I think, you know, it was fun to do. Uh, he asked me to do it. I said, sure, I'll do it. And I didn't know the song Cold, so I, I had to rehearse it. And the Destruction guys do this whole kind of, uh, when they do those really big shows, they have a whole show that follows them. And they had these they had these girls, and I remember they, they were putting this, like, uh, plastic prosthesis on each other in the dressing room. And, and I'm thinking to myself, you can always pick out the American guy in the room because as soon as a girl takes all her clothes off, no matter where it is, he's looking and he's not paying attention. And that was me when he was trying to teach me the song. So I actually had to write, I had to write my part down on a piece of paper, and I kept it under the foot I was tapping so I could always glance down for a, for a sneak peek. Wow, brilliant. Um, now, what were your favorite memories from... Uh... The 70,000 uh, tons of metal crews recently. Well, you know, it's, it's such a unique thing to play. I mean, it's not the norm. Right? It takes you out of what we know as the norm and throws us into a whole other world. And, it, and I always think that it takes the rough edges off of everything. But I like having that kind of sharp edge, you know. But, you know, you know having a beer at noon and a mango is a little different than a normal tourist day when you're, when you're sitting in a diner having uh, eggs and coffee at noon. So it's, uh, you know, it's a different world. But when I think of the whole experience, it's actually really, really good. It's well put together. Uh, it's cool to hang out with the people. We're, we're not the kind of guys who lock ourselves in rooms and say we can't talk. I mean, we're sitting at the bar. We're doing the karaoke. We're checking out the other bands. I got to see Carcass. I got to see Death Angel and Fear Factory and Raven and you know, bands I'd seen in the past and new bands I'd never seen. So, I mean, for me, it was like it was like a vacation. It was like four days. I mean, I, I, I go with my wife. We have a fantastic time. And, and uh, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, all in moderation. And, and at the end of the day, a couple of shows on top of it. It's, uh, you know, it's quite the, uh, quite the surprise birthday. Now, you're getting involved with the Rock Against Dystrophy event. Can you tell me what the event is about, the people getting involved with it, and what the overall goal is for your participation in the event? 
suppose a couple local guys have come together, two brothers uh, who, who do rock concerts uh, to support uh, muscular dystrophy, uh, something that musicians can contribute to uh, with regard to performance, um, bringing in patrons, and that money is donated. Um, how I got involved was for White Devil Armory, we've done some bonus tracks, uh, some extra recordings at the end, and one of them was cover. It was a, a song by a Scottish band called Nazareth, and the song was uh, called Miss Misery. And I wanted to do a duet uh, on the record, and the first person who came to mind to do that duet was Mark Tornillo uh, from Tiki Quick fame, uh, now uh, singing with the German band Accept. You know, a regular Jersey guy I've known for a long period of time, and I, I ran into Mark and said, uh, are you interested? He said, what day? And uh, that's how simple the negotiation went, so we did it. And Mark uh, and I have been in touch uh, on a regular basis since, and he asked me, and I suppose uh, I can't say no to a Jersey guy. And I said, of course, uh, I'll be there. Give me a list of songs. I'll learn them. Uh, we'll get involved. If it's for a good cause, I'm, you know, I'm all in. And I, and I think it's great that uh, we, we had a great time doing the song, and now we get to perform that particular song live uh, that night. Uh, down in Garwood, New Jersey, and uh, you know, Mark uh, Mark has has been a staple of the scene for for years, and and happy to see he's doing well, and always, and I'm always happy to help when asked. Thanks a lot. Any final words? Hey, good to talk to a Jersey guy. Always makes me comfortable. Much appreciated, Blitz. Um, this has been an interview with Bobby Blitz by Nick Perkel of the Aquarian Weekly on July seventh, twenty fourteen. Hey, what do you say, boys and girls? This is Bobby Blitzem Overkill. That's right. We're on WMSC, Japan, Knicks, Rock and Metal, Pandemonium.